everybody. Welcome to episode 261 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film and more. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson, and today, guests, it's going to be all accent day. <laughs> it's a little inside joke no one knows We about. apologize. Uh, we're, we're excited to have um, guests on today. Yes. Um, it's been a little while. It has. It has. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited because we saw this film and we were very... Um, kind of like impressed by it or blown away. Kind of impressed. Yeah. That's everything a guest loves here. I was kind of impressed by your work. Not well, I don't want to speak though. for you. I was impressed by it, but I didn't want to speak for I you. I found it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Please introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Joe, and I'm one half of uh, uh, writing directing duo, Joe, Joe and Tim. And I'm the other half, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and what is the name of your film? uh you from the future yes so it's a short um, film i'm not sure where i found this was this on short of the week um, it was yes okay yeah. it's, it's on it's on the platform yeah okay yeah. that may have be that may have been where um i had seen it and uh every so often i go fishing for for shorts and i'll sit for like two hours and just go through them and go through them and um i immediately liked the 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 setting for it. I, it was just yeah. like, all right. And then the title, which is so important. It's the one thing I absolutely hate doing is titling films. I hate it, but it's so important because it caught me. I was just like, all right, I I, I, I can kind of tell what's going on here already. And then uh, we saw your cast and I was like, okay, cool. This is this is going to be good. So tell us uh, how you how you came up with this. Um, well, we did, we, we're, we've been filmmakers for quite a while now. So we, we, we made a couple of shorts uh, back in 2009, 2010. Um, and then we'd not really done anything, you know, made, made a kind of serious short for a long time. We'd been away doing different jobs. And then we eventually started our own small production company. And so we had more time to kind of focus on doing what we wanted to do, um, writing and, and making stuff. Um, and... Yeah, it, it got to the point where we'd not made anything for a while, and uh, we had this idea about um, you know being visited. It's the, it's the it's the thing of like you know celebrity. You hear celebrities talk about it, it's the question: What would you go back and tell yourself if you could go back in time? Mm-hmm. And that feels like a it's almost a bit of a cliched question now. But we felt that there wasn't really any films that kind of explore that. Um, and yeah, that, so that was the jumping off point. And we, we started scripting it and we maybe did 20 drafts before it got to a point that we were happy with. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, that was the original genesis. I think it was, we, that what we found fun was the fact that like any time travel, any film that deals with time travel, any TV show that deals with time travel, the person comes back and they have a very clear idea of what they want to change. Right. And we sort of said, I don't even know if, if I came back, what I would say. And that's right. a yeah. really interesting jumping off point. It's like, where do you even start? Yeah. You know, you've come back in time and it's usually one thing, you know, it's like in Back to the Future, it's uh, you've got to get the, your parents to get back together and uh, they have the sports almanac and, and Biff goes off and earns a load of money. But I, the idea of coming back and having one thing to or a short period of time distill what has gone wrong in your life it felt like a really funny concept to us yeah yeah because so much has gone wrong in our lives that we couldn't <laughs> yeah. Like, just one yeah. thing yeah uh, yeah yeah the uh 
the the setting for it is is great and it's always interesting to see what kind of rules of time travel people are going to kind of go by you know like whether it's like you reset or it's the same timeline and they're aware of what's happening and all that sort of stuff so it's kind of fun to see that people being aware of it of what's happening and and when they go back when they go back to the future um <laughs> like all of those you know i mean i'm probably getting too deep for it but it, like all those experiences are like just happening in that moment or if they're experiencing that whole whole time and waiting to come back to to say no no no, no not that you know like so yeah. it was like it was it was really interesting to kind of <clears throat> see that concept played out yeah, yeah i think it's it's funny because it, it comes from the fact that like you're just never happy are you you're right. just never you, you're never happy with your lot mm-hmm. you could spend a whole lifetime one way and then go back and you would still have tweaks if you came back and said yeah. right just be just be more punctual your whole life that one thing you know you would come back and be like no you've been too punctual you need to be <laughs> yeah. like you, you don't need to worry about being on time for things just be more relaxed yeah and then you whole spend a whole lifetime being more relaxed and you'd be like i've, I've fucked it up again yeah 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 um the grass is always greener kind of thing yeah exactly and the, the we hope that it comes across that it's like you just you just got to sort of accept sometimes where you are and try and build from where you are rather than re- building this catalog of regrets mm-hmm. yeah how did you guys get to um uh casting with uh carrie uh we've re- we've always been quite i don't know whether to say lucky uh, but in terms of attracting cast to our script we have we have a little bit of a track record of of getting names involved so we've made a couple of short films with martin freeman um julian barrett who's um a, a kind of a a very popular comedian over here. I'm not sure if he's as well known in the States. Um, so we've always been able to attract people with, with our writing. And Kerry was, she, uh, the, one of the producers had worked with Kerry recently. And I think s- the script got to her that way. And she read it and said, yeah, it's, she, she'd be interested. She'd love to do it. Um, and it was the same with the other guys. I mean, the, the scripts went out to them and everyone read it. We, I mean, we, we did struggle a bit with the, the older, we had a casting director, Maddie Hinton, who is, she's brilliant and she got it out to a lot of people. Um, but we obviously wanted to make sure we had people that looked like the older versions of the mm-hmm. younger selves. So trying to get people lined up, um, got a bit tricky and it did go down to the wire, but, um, yeah, we couldn't have been happier with the with the guys that that came on board. Obviously, yeah. And who do you, who did you cast first? The older versions or the younger versions? Uh, the younger versions were definitely cast first. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack is a he's a well known YouTuber in this country, um, and I don't, I don't know if we had him in mind. He was kind of written. Was he written with 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 Jack in mind, or we had him in yeah, mind quite so. early I on? Think, yeah, quite quite early on. Yeah, I think so. And then uh, Molly, I think, was someone that our casting director found who um, we saw her reel and she was just, yeah, she was she was brilliant. And we met with her, talked about it. She was really on board with the idea. She got the character. Um, 
so yeah we were we were happy to have her and then because we got those guys early on it then you know linking the the older versions of themselves became a, a little bit easier we'd narrowed it down to you know the people only a few people that it could be essentially. Mm. yeah 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 i was uh I was it was I was plus I was in before obviously because you know Carrie shows up a little bit later but then when she popped up in the tub I was like oh because we one of my favorite shows ever was Derek and right. um yeah. okay. I like every person that is like oh I love what I'm like have you seen Derek have you seen it? you have to see Derek <laughs> it's the best show ever and um it's you know it's one of those things that it's like it's not that I I never considered Ricky Gervais a serious actor of course he was but I feel like that role, I don't know that he can ever play a role better than that role. It, you know, it was just, he was so brilliantly played and she just matched him so well on that show. And so we've seen her in, in several things after that. And then in, um, and the, you know, he's worked with her since. And so uh, yeah. we were just, I was just really excited to see her. I was like, oh, look who it is. Um, so I was curious, how long did this take to shoot? Uh, was it two days? You mean two, two, yeah, the actual the, the yeah. actual the actual shoot was yeah two days, um, and we shot there was a quite a contentious general election that was called late, uh, no called early in the UK and we ended up shooting over the two thousand nineteen general election, so it was kind of a weird because mm. uh, it was looking like the, the sort of the conservatives were getting in yeah and making a film in a room full of like liberal creatives. Yeah. It was yeah. definitely a bit of a weird, uh, it felt a bit like a wake yeah, on, yeah. on that, that particular day. Uh, but yeah, two days in 2019, just before Christmas. And so what was, uh, do you, do you know people, do you like, do you have a cinematographer in mind that you're working with or did you have to actually look for your cast? Um, for the crew for we, your crew sorry <laughs> yeah we we um we'd worked we'd worked with kieran o'brien who's the cinematographer we'd worked with him before um we'd done some commercial stuff with him and he's brilliant he's one of the fastest working cinematographers we know he just seems to be able to move at speeds that others can't um and he has a very distinct he's he has a very distinct look and we felt like that look would work for what we were trying to do um and then crew wise i mean over the years we've yeah we've kind of we have we have contacts we have go-tos um and we pulled in a lot of favors as a lot of people do with short films um yeah it, it was I, i'm trying to think of like any kind of if there were any anomalies or if we had to kind of drag anyone in that we didn't have a connection with but i don't i don't think there really was i think it was i mean it's, quite... it's worth saying that the, the the film was backed by uh the bfi network in the uk which is kind of like the british film institute's sort of uh talent um talent support system where they give different grants to different uh films uh, both shorts and feature films and they're um, that's quite a prestigious thing to do mm. in the UK. So the moment you're crewing up a BFI-backed film, people are a bit more uh, right. engaged with with it and a bit more reluctant to give you favours. And oh, wow. yeah, so it's there was the, that there was a bit of that as well, which is is great. And they helped us find like fill the gaps uh, with people that we didn't necessarily have in place. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's speaking about the um the the cinematography and 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 the 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 camera work and stuff, I, I feel like it was you you managed you accomplished such a um a tough feat in that is to make like one location not boring, you know, and and to find different right. ways to kind of like I mean I know you were going in different rooms obviously, you had the kitchen, the bathroom and whatnot, but that um but just finding ways to tell the story in one place um, and not make it feel boring or stale or, you know, repetitive shots and make it feel interesting, which is both, you know, a, a direction choice and also a cinematography choice. Um, I thought oh, that the was lighting was really nice. Yeah, it was it was really well done. And then, yeah, to cap it off with with really kind of like interesting lighting, because it's, you know, the, the bed, the stuff in the in the living room almost feels like night. But then, you know, he goes to the kitchen and it's daytime outside. So, yeah, um, you were able to kind of keep a lot of that moodiness of, of mm-hmm. the nighttime stuff in the in the um, in the in the living room. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how how what was that always the approach or did you just kind of let your cinematographer go or did you guys have specific stuff in mind? Well, we we always talked about it as being uh, set on a Sunday because a Sunday to us is always filled with so much possibility mm-hmm. but it slowly it slowly runs away from you and <laughs> yeah. like you wake up in the morning and you think right i've had a lie in i'm just going to relax for a bit there's so much potential in the day and then when it starts to slip away you start to regret that you haven't done stuff that you could have done mm-hmm. and then by the evening you're like actually no it's quite nice because we've had a nice relaxing day and i think that's that was our starting point of like starting from quite a sort of early-ish bluey tones to then ending in a, almost like a orangey streetlight outside uh tone and it's all it's obviously all happened across one day um but i yeah i mean a lot a lot of that stuff is uh, kind of down to kieran you know kieran he is he is a magician he's the hardest working and most often working dop that we know um I think in terms of in terms of aesthetics of the film, we talked a lot about how because it's it's obviously a sci-fi film, but it's also not really a sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. But we wanted it to we wanted it to have a sci-fi look, and mm-hmm. we talked a lot mm-hmm. about because we shot an anamorphics. Um, we wanted we wanted it to look like. Uh, I'm trying to think of the references we used. We wanted it to have that kind of. Not not Blade Runner, not Looper, but that, but but looking at stills from those sci-fi's and thinking like looking at the color like the color palette, and how can you, essentially how can you make a boring mundane house look like you you know how can you make it look like you're setting a sci-fi film in it, and that was the kind of we talked a lot about that before we shot it, and I think Kieran leaned into that you know and production design leaned into that as well. And so if you look at the colors of it and if you look at the, the lens choice and, you know, we had anamorphics that were flaring and that was kind of our nod to, to sci-fi. Mm. Yeah. I can actually see yeah, the, the whole loop, like almost like edge of tomorrow, like had like a, that sort of gray tone, but um, I, I, yeah, like it, it's weird. It's, it's a, it's a sci-fi, but it's, it's a, Dramat, it's a drama, dramedy, dramedy, sci-fi. sci-fi I guess if I had to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's yeah, there is drama to it, but it it is a comedy, and yeah, there's a sci-fi element to it, of course. Um, I'm gonna get into the cliche aspect of interviews on how you guys met and started 
uh, working together. Uh, I'm always fascinated by people that can write together because I don't work well with others as a writer. And so I'm always like, oh, how do you do that with somebody else? If you have two completely different ideas for something, how does that work out? Who wins? Who wins? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's hard. It's, it's definitely... Our, our origin story is basically we we're school friends we met when we were 13 and then uh stayed at school together we went to university together studied film at university together then started working at the same production company together and then started our own mini production company so we've known each other for 25 years nice 25 years wow. yeah. um and the the truth is it you know we find writing very hard, not necessarily writing together, but it is just hard. It's just yeah. hard sitting down and deciding that today is going to be the day that the ideas come out. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've gotten a lot better at being iterative. You know, I think we spend a lot uh, in early on, we would spend a lot of time trying to write the perfect script in the first instance and then end up neglecting it but we're actually getting to the point now where we can, we feel like we can write things and be okay with them being a bit crap in the first instance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that's quite freeing and it sort of brings the fun back because you can kind of like, uh, we'll fix that later. Yeah. Um, you, it's almost like you've got to judge yourself by what you let out the door rather than what comes out in the first instance. Right. I think we, I think, and I think because we've known each other for so long in terms of like, working together we have like a what i think is a i'll let joe disagree a very natural shorthand like we 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 just it's it feels instinctive we know how to work together um we know our own strengths and weaknesses and we know each other's own strengths and weaknesses and we just kind of lean into that it doesn't you know it's, it's never really been a it's never really been a challenge i think um you know, I'm quite sensitive to what I write and Joe sort of knows how to handle that. He knows if he's going to criticise something or say it doesn't work, he can approach that in a way that, you know, it won't make me explode nine <laughs> times out of ten. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's I, knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses is, is the biggest thing. And I think, um, you know, for example, on set, Joe is very good with the actors. He's very good at giving direction and notes and... I think people just kind of generally warmed him a bit more than they do to me. And I'm a, I'm a little <laughs> bit more tech savvy. And so I'll tend to, you know, work with the DOP a bit more. And I mean, it all kind of evens out, but it, again, it's, yeah, it's, it's strengths and weaknesses and we've been doing it for so long that, yeah, it just, it just works now. It just feels natural. Yeah. It sounds like you have a, a natural compliment. I mean, that's kind of how we work. You know, we have a very complimentary, kind of set of skills and things that we're kind of good at and drawn to so hmm. um it kind of works it's very similar actually with us you know where she's you know she's the she's the main writer so she can work with the actors more in terms of character motivations and stuff and i'm a little bit more tech savvy so i can work with the lighting and and kind of the technical side and, and when we both kind of you know we bleed over to one each other you know if she's got a technical idea or if i have a creative idea but yeah, having finding that balance and being able to kind of fill each other's um, kind of shortcomings, I guess, for lack of a better word, and, and kind of like have a more well-rounded uh, kind of experience, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 and also like just having someone to articulate things to 
is really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know that the there's the phrase of like see one, do one, teach one. It's like you can get as a creative, you can get so in your head about something that just being able to turn to someone and say, does this make sense to you? Mm-hmm. And they them say, no, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. You need to go back and do it again. That is useful. Yeah. Someone that that feels comfortable saying those things to you because you know it's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people that won't tell you the truth when you know out yeah. of their be- out of what they think is your best interests you know if you give like our agent for instance if you give something to our agent for feedback you're only ever going to get positive feedback yeah. and that's not that's not useful mm-hmm. um yeah so it's yeah it it helps to have a different uh someone else a different brain almost yeah Yeah. we talk about that quite a bit and that Mm -hmm. how you know you're going to your parent for you to look at your short film and they're just gonna love oh this is the best thing ever it's amazing where it's like that's i feel like families usually like the worst one or the other right they either compliment you especially if they're not in the field because they're just like everything you do is great or you know you get the like "Uh." (laughs) and you're like thanks (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah um but we get that a lot from our that's, friends. That's, that's yeah. always like where they go, it's so I loved almost. it. And, you know, um, I wrote a script a few years back that was, I didn't, in, I didn't intend to make it complicated, but I just, I hate spelling things out. I feel like sometimes we watch stuff mm-hmm. and it's like the whole story is spelled out. And it's like, God, you don't really have to think through any of this at all. So I may have gotten a little bit too vague. Uh, although yeah. some people, I, I on one of the, one actually both people i watched them watching it and they got it right away and i was like oh they yeah. got it without me saying it so i was like okay somebody can get it but most people didn't and uh, i had one friend say it was great i loved it and i was like okay what was it about and they just could not give me the description of anything yeah. close at all and i was like what did you they never watch watched it. <laughs> I was like, that was... so it was it was a joke right the whole story what <laughs> you know yeah. like, what? um okay uh, and so I think like there's there's sort of a fine line, right? Because then sometimes you can get too much feedback, and then you're like, it's all over yeah. the place. So yeah. I don't know who mm-hmm. I'm supposed to really take direction from at that point. But um, I think it's something that we're in the minority here, where we will go to festivals and stuff, and you know we watch something, and we're like, that was awful. The whole thing was <laughs> yeah. awful. Like the lighting was awful. The audio was awful. Like. I don't know if this person's ever acted before, but it didn't seem like they ever had. And then you yeah. have to like network with everybody. And um, Wait, you're on I the other have end of that, like, like, oh, no, it was great. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's <laughs> like I have to go like I'm like, OK, well, I am an actor, so I'm going to have to put on a performance here and find something nice to say because I don't know. Like, Usually yeah. I'll just avoid people. They'll say, oh, I loved your film. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. And then I, I run away because <laughs> I don't want to have to go into detail. Like, I liked that you wrote a story. Yeah. But you, you know, yeah. I got nothing you else can't, for you. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, assume other people's temperament either. You know? Well, so that's the like, thing is that we've we've seen that a lot where we watch you know, we'll watch something and we'll go, God, that didn't really look like much effort was put into it. Especially like there was no lighting. You can tell they didn't even bother to light a scene. And you, uh, it was ADR. That's like a huge pet peeve of mine when it's like, I get that sometimes you have to ADR stuff, but when it's just like, yeah. oh, screw it, we'll just ADR it. It's like that never, even $500 million budgets, you can tell when something gets ADR'd and it does or have to happen. You? <laughs> or can you? <laughs> you know, and um, it just, uh, it, I don't, 
I don't like when people rely on it just to be lazy. And, yeah. you know, and then they'll go up on the panel and we're talking. They're like, yeah, you know, we it took us uh, seven years to make this film. And we're like, <laughs> seven <laughs> years? Like, how did you work on a 12-minute short for seven years? And and then they've got a, a bunch of people just telling them that it's great. You know, so it's like you're not yeah. – you're obviously not a person who wants to hear constructive criticism. So, like, you know, you got to pick and choose your, your audiences with that. But um, we will often, you know, when other filmmakers watch our – films and and we'll we'll preface it by saying i can already tell you everything that's wrong with this by the way just so you know that one scene there lighting was fucking terrible because we couldn't the room was so small um my expression in this scene that was supposed to be really emotional i was dead tired and i did not give 100 percent. i don't need you to tell me that <laughs> i no one hates my film more than me so yeah, uh yeah. you know yeah. but 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 that's so important i think it's so important to watch something and go, oh, okay, I could have done something differently there. And then that's how you actually improve. I think I feel like people are scared of that. They feel like it, it equates to a failure if they uh, admit yeah, that. I, I agree. I agree. And I think you have to like, I think we've, we've done well to find um, sources of feedback that we trust. It's you, you have to have that. You have to have feedback from people that you trust um, and you respect because you know, your friends and family that watch it, of course they're going to love it mm. because it's something that you've made. And it's like, oh my God, I loved it. It was, you know, that's that's the best thing you've ever done. It's like, <laughs> yeah, thank you. But if you want to improve, like if you want to grow as a filmmaker, you need the constructive criticism. You need to know what you can improve because, and that's like, that's something that we, we kind of, we've taken on board over the last five, 10 years. It's like, it's become about how we can improve it. It's not worrying about, um, you know, people people hating it. If they've got something that they can say about it that is constructive and can, right. can help us see things in a different way and learn from it and improve, then that's like, that's what it's all about. And but it's all, it's all sorry. Well, no, I was I was getting around in circles. I was probably just going to repeat myself again. <laughs> Go on. Well, I was just going to say, like, it's if it's something you agree with you can move forward with it right you right. know it's and i think you have to be careful because some like especially other filmmakers asking other filmmakers for feedback sometimes they use it as uh, a way to express their own film knowledge yeah or like their, well, yes. to yeah. show to show their own expertise yes. yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's not that's not useful right you yeah. know, what's useful is things that are specific to this story and the way it's told and um, whether it does that well, how it could be improved. Yeah. Um, and I think if they people give, I think if you agree with it, move forward with it. If you don't, brush it to the side. Yeah. And there's there's definitely you know there's definitely things that hurt, and but you have to be really honest with yourself. If someone if someone says something, like uh, a bit of feedback on you from the future was like it's just the same joke repeated, and you're like, yeah, it is. It is. You have to accept that it is. It is the, in the middle that there is a, a montage of the same joke repeated, uh, and because we're we're currently in the process of building it out into like a, a series, a TV series. Oh, okay. And we have to oh, be right. very very careful that we don't repeat that mm. that uh, that mistake. Not necessarily that mistake, but that particular treatment of the the premise. Mm -hmm. We need to broaden it out and make sure it's not just almost like a it's riffing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
like spending too much time riffing on one thing rather than moving the story forward. Right. And that was a hard thing to accept, but we believe it, like we believe it and it's true to us and we accept it and hopefully it will improve uh, the concept for the TV series. I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I mean, I see that point, but I kind of like, I feel like that's the fun in it, right? Because it, it is the repetitiveness of them trying to like say, no, try something else. This isn't working. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I found that personally, I found that as kind of like what is so funny about that situation, right? You know? Right. But, you know, yeah. to each their own, I suppose. Yeah. But I, I guess, think, like, I when you're thinking of it as a series, that can be... Yeah, if you're doing that for, for sure. seven or yeah. eight episodes, then, yeah, yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah. yeah I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, like, three hours of just, like, no, no, try to be a lawyer this <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, like, what you're saying is, like, that's the kind of... That's the, that's the genesis of the idea. Like, the idea of someone returning and saying it's not quite right, go back and change it slightly. Like, that is right. the... That's the promise of the premise. Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of... that's that's the gag that everyone's there to see but it's not enough like it's and that was working with the bfi i think as as comedy writers they helped us to understand story more and focus on character more and character development because otherwise it's just it's just gags you're just Mm. repeating gags and there's no you know we wanted it to have heart and we wanted to have a, a story you know we want the characters to have a story arc and as comedy writers it's hard to do that because you want to write the jokes all the time you want to yeah. end every yeah every line of dialogue with a you know a snappy one-liner but you yeah. just realize that that's like you can't do that you can't mm-hmm. do that all the time and that was a that was a big a big learning curve for us on this i think yeah I, th- I think i think our the the editor of the film marnie uh she really helped us with that because um, I would say it's probably quite a long short film in the grand scheme of things, but it was much longer before Marnie got her hands on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she, she really helped us like, yeah, it's a great joke, but it doesn't move anything forward. Mm. It's basically, um, it's like, it's that thing of, I think we talked about it in like the terms of an anecdote, an anecdote. It's like, if you're telling an anecdote and you're just, there's someone jumping in with one-liners while you're trying to tell an anecdote it's not helping the anecdote it's just like yeah, just tell me the story i want to hear the story right. yeah yeah um not just like three things that would be funny for the character to say in that moment yeah um so how long yeah, was your was, initial cut uh 45 minutes oh no no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think three it was hours probably, it, yes it was a short <laughs> four hour film about 17 maybe 15 between 15 and 17 minutes yeah but there was just a lot of like back and forth before it actually gets going mm-hmm. and i think oh i see yeah i think we lost a, we, we lost some of our favorite lines but it serves the story better to tell it quickly yeah, yeah that's that's a, that's yeah. that's such a hard thing and notice i felt i that joke went right over my head because we've sat at festivals and been like how long is this 37 minutes 37 minutes okay yeah. <laughs> like and we we're guilty of it ourselves our, our initial film that we did a while ago was 30 minutes and um uh we cut it down actually it was 30 minutes initially and then um richard raymond i'm not sure if you're familiar with him uh, he watched uh, the film and he was like, 
it's good, but you're going to get murdered at festivals because he had just done it with his film. And he was like, it's where it's so hard. We're finding it difficult to get placed because of that. So we cut it yeah. down to 20 and I had to cut. And then there was like a back and forth with us with one particular scene that I was like, I don't want to cut that scene. I don't want to cut that scene. And he's like, it's got to go. <laughs> <You know>? And <laughs> I mean, it really didn't serve a purpose, but I just thought the scene was fun. And so that was that was a bummer, you know, but it is what it is. You have to cut it down and people's attention spans are not what they used to be. You know, we we're it's rapid fire, you know, and so you can't have a 20 yeah. minute short at a festival. And so that that's that's also what's so impressive in I, I find all we do is shorts. We haven't done a feature and it's not that we can't do a feature. It's just people seem to think like, well, if you're making a, a short, then just make it longer and that's it. And you've yeah. got a feature and it's like, well, that costs twice as much money now. Yeah. Um, and we already struggled to get the 6,000 for this short. And now we've got to get, <laughs> and, and, and mind you with that, we're not even using sound people that we would want to use. I mean, here they're like at least a thousand dollars a day. So yeah. What are we supposed to do here? We're working on micro budgets. And so writing shorts is really, really difficult. I'm always impressed when I watch a well-written short because yeah. you have to get essentially almost a first, second and third act squished into a 10 or 15 minute span time, which is not easy to do. It's so easy to go like, oh, but I, I think I think the audience needs this bit of information. And now you've just lost 30 seconds is a lot of time in a short, mm. so much time. Um, and it, I, I've struggled with that a lot. I've been writing shorts for 15 years and I still am like, God, is is this a feature? Does this need to be a feature actually? Because I don't know if I can tell the story in this amount of time. It's really impressive. And that's what I liked so much about it was that it it had a first, second and third act and it wrapped up and, and that's not, that's not an, an easy feat. Yeah, that, I, thank you. I think it, it's... It was a conscious decision to try and write it almost like a movie, and um, it felt, yeah, it felt, it, our thing was always like it needs to feel satisfying mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the end of it, and I think I think it achieves that. Although that you know it's that thing of like you kind of hate your own work, and I find it hard to watch now. It, yeah, it does yeah. feel like it has a, a satisfying ending, and it it feels like you go on a almost like a it's like a, a roller coaster of anxiety. Yeah. Although it's it's a, it's a fairly relaxed uh, scenario. It's that those emotions again. It comes back to a Sunday. You know, I I find su Sunday so relaxing and so stressful because there's so much pressure on a Sunday mm -hmm. that you almost can't enjoy relaxing because you're like I should be doing something else. And then by the end of the day, when you've had your dinner and you're just sitting on the couch and you feel like genuinely relaxed you're like oh no it's, it's, it's fine it's nice yeah um yeah and the 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 importance of this sort of opening and the ending being essentially the same like two people playing computer games on the table and uh, two on the couch and then the four of them playing computer games on the mm. couch at the end and the lighting being you know completely different and warmer and cozier uh mm like everything has changed but nothing's changed yeah <laughs> right um yeah but it's interesting what you're saying about the length of, of festivals because comedy comedy typically doesn't do well at festivals and we've heard that from programmers like the programmers that have screened the film 
are like we don't really do comedy we don't really like put unless it's comedy focused festival is that common in the uk or just all around have you heard that um well there's uh, there was one particular programmer as part of his speech to introduce the program he was like my advice to filmmakers wanting to f- screen at film festivals is don't do comedy because <laughs> it, it, it always right. comes across as quite try hard and it is by its very nature you know you're trying to make someone laugh right um and that but the, he, he sort of ended that by saying and these are the films that made it through you know it's a it's a compliment that you guys were able to make people laugh mm. that sit through you know 800 films a week trying to find something to program right uh but that was it that was in uh scotland i don't necessarily know if that translates to the u.s yeah he, I, think, uh, I, think, I think his point stands of like the you know he he made he made it clear that programmers have to watch a lot of content they have yes. to watch a lot of films and so they find themselves not necessarily in the best place to appreciate comedy and maybe mm. that's why comedy specific festivals exist mm. um because i, th- I think it, i mean it is like short films are a great forum to tell earnest worthy stories and i think that's why you see a lot of drama at, at film festivals um and you do see less com- i mean i think you see less comedy at at film festivals so it is harder to and even the bfi who who backed us and, and gave us the money they said you know we don't we don't do a lot of comedy it's mm. it's rare that a comedy script will get through so there is definitely uh, a bit of a stigma i think against comedy within the short film world mm. that's but really interesting because here it's yeah. kind of the opposite yeah i've noticed uh, that yeah it's film festivals. yeah so it's like i love uh, I love dark thrillers. That's that would be my preference in writing. Right, I go like total like Fincher mode. Like that's my favorite kind of stuff. It's Shutter Island, those types of things. Um, but every time I try to sit down and write that, it gets lost in a sea of every other drama that's at, uh, you know, in a film festival. And then when we just put. 50% of our effort into just going like, let's just film something this weekend. I don't even have a script. I'm just ad-libbing the whole thing. I didn't even really think about this. We didn't even have time to block this properly. We just film it. And that is what does the best. And it's usually a comedic skit. And I'm always like, what the fuck? Like, I, just, I don't want to write comedy all the time, but it seems to be what people respond oh, to the, the most internet, here. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, and so like we sit at a fest and that's the thing is that I think here there's no shortage of like, people that are forcing their hand at the dramatic aspect of a story. So then you're sitting through a two hour block of just like drama, drama, drama that doesn't really have mm. substance. And so when a comedy pops in, they're like, thank God, you know, like the audience <laughs> is like, okay, let's do this. You know? And then that, that story usually winds up taking everybody's attention. The, the thing, the ironic part of that though, is that a lot of film festivals here don't have a comedy section in terms of awards. Like we've right, been to right, some right, that right. don't have best comedy and it's like, but they love the comedy and it's like, well, that's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Well, know? I think to your point earlier yeah. about it is, is like, I think a lot of the comedies probably are just there to tell this joke. Right. And to tell kind of like, this we've thing. certainly and, seen that. Yeah. And I think that when you have something that's more, that's not so genre specific, you know, it's like, it's, a, it's just, 
so, something that happens in life. And yeah, it just happens to have funny moments because life sometimes has funny moments and maybe it has some sad moments. And so I think that when you let the story lead the way, then you can kind of let whatever else you want to creep in, whether it, whether it be, you know, something funny or something, you know, even, you know, you know, something like unbelievable happen. Um, I think that that can be a little more forgiving for people that have to sit there and watch thing after thing, you know, something after something. They don't want to just, I don't know. I would think though, if you're watching like 80 films and they're all like dramas that something comes along and makes you laugh, you might be like, It depends on the comedy though, because we've sat through, um, we're, we're horrible. We're like the, 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 the two old men in the balcony on the Muppets when we go to to film festivals and like we have no filter and he has no inside voice too so i always have to be like shut (laughs) and so uh you know we'll sit through something that like we just saw a film actually at a fest that was like it was such a like a forward slapstick concept that was funny the first 1400 times they did it and then by the by the end it was like dear God, like, is there nothing else to this story? And people are laughing. And I'm like, well, our issues that like, our preference is usually British comedy. You guys mm-hmm. just, ha- we're terrible. We we get some good ones every so often. You know, we, 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 we can do it sometimes. It's the dry wit. It's sometimes, yeah. but I love dry wit. And so here it's, again, it's very blatant. It's very obvious. Like, here's the comedy. I'm going to spell out this joke for you. And here's where you're going to laugh in this part right here. And that's what like a, a lot of American comedies remind me of. It's like, there's no, you know, it's almost like it has an instruction list, yeah. which yeah. Uh, which tells you this part's funny, this part's funnier. And so, you know, what I like about British comedy is that sometimes there's a joke that one person in the room doesn't really find funny, but somebody else finds hilarious because it's subjective and it depends on the person. Um, and we recently went through this with Black Mirror. We, you know, when it originally came out, I loved yeah. it. And then, you know, and we talked we to our yeah, we it. talked to our friends. They're <laughs> like, "Oh, what do you think? What do you think, Black Mirror?" I'm like, "You know, I don't, I don't love the show anymore." And they're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause we ruined it. Cause they let Americans <laughs> in. Once they let the Americans in, the writing went to shit. And then it became about how many A-listers can we shove into one episode? And what made the show great was that I didn't know a lot of these actors, right? And I, or I discovered yeah. them on the show. And so you weren't paying attention to the celebrity. You were forced to watch the story." And just engage with this actor versus like, there's this famous person, there's this famous person. And then that all becomes, you know, uh, for the lack of a better term, just a clusterfuck of celebrity. And now you're not really paying attention to the story because you're like, what other celebrity is going to pop in here? It's like a David O. Russell yeah. film, right? How many celebrities <laughs> can you slam into one scene? Um, and this last season that we watched, my favorite episode was Demon 79. Uh, because I, I was just, as soon as I heard the British accent. I was like, "We're in. We got. <laughs> We're in. We, we got one. We got one." There was also the third yeah, episode yeah. that I liked that one too as well, which also also from the UK. And it was like anytime I I heard American voices, I was like, oh, "This one's gonna suck," <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, I think we can't um, like we would never be able to write an episode like Demon Seventy Nine in the states. I don't think that an American would come up with that. And and so I I always I don't know. I just always appreciate the comedy. I'm in the wrong place for comedy in the wrong country for that, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, d- I don't know. Like, I think New York has a very rich heritage of comedy, doesn't it? Certainly with um, like things like Seinfeld and... Sitcoms, uh, yeah. We can do sitcoms, well, but don't it, don't throw a movie at us Yeah, well, that's the you thing, don't want right, instructions. Is, is, well, I think, yeah. it, I think it speaks to the business in general, right? We're, I think in the States, 
and I see, and this isn't just a, a British thing. I think this this tends. I, I notice this a lot about all foreign films is that in the states, films are a business first and an art form second, yeah. mm-hmm. whereas outside of the United States, an art form first and then a business second. That's how it seems. It may not be the case, but when I watch something that is not based in the United States, it tends to lean a little bit heavier on uh, being, you know, taking itself seriously as a, a piece of art versus it being like what can put the most butts in seats and and so i think there's a there's a there's a fundamental difference there and obviously there's outliers in both of those you know uh that's not a hundred percent true obviously but i do feel like in general it it kind of feels that way a lot of times i think it's a bit like a magic trick isn't it it's like if getting a big name in something is almost the equivalent of like a magician having an oversized hat you're like, well, I right. know where you're hiding. I know what you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna convince me any. Mm-hmm. Like this trick is special because you've got John Ham or right. yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of like, yeah, just a smoke, smoke and mirrors, with regards to like getting, like you say, getting bums on seats. Whereas I think certainly in British comedy, it, it's always been about the character mm-hmm. and the 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 humor i know that sounds very general but it feels like it's um we put we put i feel like we put more focus on the funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe not i don't know i feel like i feel like i feel like Wait, we never put, mind i feel like we put yeah. more focus on the funny because you if you watch stuff that like i mean ricky gervais is a good example but there's plenty of others where you know whether you love him or hate him, he's just a comedian and he's funny and whatever. Um, but all of his movies like Derek and Afterlife and stuff, there's a very Chosen. solid story there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's he's not just there to tell jokes, you know. The jokes yeah. come in the form of the story to help push the story forward. But I think that's a good example there's of, kind of like what I mean. There's always heart and then yeah. the comedy sort of surrounds the heart yeah. of the story. I mean, you do have the odd filmmaker. I mean, Adam, Adam McKay, I think, is a great yeah. example of a yeah. filmmaker who does comedy, you know, T- taking Anchorman out of the equation, which, you know, the first Anchorman film I, I really love. Um, but if you look at like The Big Short and yeah. uh, Don't Look Up, like they're films that are genuinely funny, but also tell great stories. Mm-hmm. And also so, The Other Guys. The Other Guys is one of my favorite films because that's like, it's an out and out comedy, but you leave with a very sour taste in your mouth about, you know, the financial system and, it's it's saying it is saying something it's mm-hmm. almost like a precursor to the big short um the other guys yeah the other guys mark Wahlberg, yeah, mark Wahlberg and, and will ferrell i don't think i saw that That's old. Oh, yeah man, I, you are in for a tree <laughs> yeah it's great it's really great i think it's it strikes that balance of like saying something and also being funny right it's one oh, of those films that when i when i when joe said watch it i I think on my first view, and I thought, no, I hate this. But actually, when you watch it again, you realise that yeah, it's saying something, and there is, there is a story there. I mean, it's got like because it's still got the elements of you know the Will Ferrell kind of wacky mm-hmm. um, Anchorman style comedy, but at the same time, there's there's a lot more to it as well. It's um yeah, it's a it's a great film. Yeah, that, I mean that's kind of what draws me a lot to just the sci-fi genre in general is. You know, you have a lot of bad sci-fi, obviously, but the good sci-fi is is telling you the story, and they're just shrouding it in like cool aliens and laser beams or whatever. But there's, you know, there's usually some kind of story that they're telling with about like, 
you know, inequality or whatever. And those mm. are always kind of like the really great um, kind of stories that, you know, if you're going to do a genre film, use that genre to kind of wrap up some kind of, it's all, everything, every genre should be based in some kind of reality, right? Like whether it's even, yeah. even the broadest comedies, there should be some kind of story arc that's mm. going on there that you can relate to. Well, you see it a lot in horror too, yeah. where like the story is yeah, right. second, you know, it's, it plays second fiddle to just like how much, how much, how many jump scares can we get into this? Oh, and at some <laughs> point, at some point somebody has to think they saw a face and then we're going to hear that high pitched screeching voice. It has to happen. Yeah. Uh, otherwise it's not a horror movie. And uh, uh, I did what, before I, I forget, I wanted to ask, we're the worst with this, but um does it ever happen? And if it if it does, how soon before or after you make a film are you completely sick of it? Um, <laughs> for, for me personally, <laughs> there's a very small window of like I love I hate I hate the build up to a shoot. I hate the first half of the shoot, mm. and then I start to feel like I can actually do this and enjoy the shoot, and then at the end of the shoot, I'm like, well, you know, when everyone's sort of packing down, it's like, this is the best job in the world. Mm -hmm. And then the next day it's like, Oh fuck, we've got to edit this. Yeah. And then yeah. it yep. becomes like, it's yeah. And then there's a moment when you finish the first draft, uh, the first cut of the edit and it's got like all the music in the right place. And you're like, this is Nirvana. And then that's it from then on. Okay. And I just can't, can't look at it anymore. Thank I you. find okay. it really hard to it's just me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when I say that to people, they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, can I be honest with you? Sometimes I'm sick of the story before we've even gone into production because I've yeah. been writing it and I've been sitting with this story for so long and then revising that, revising that, revising that. And then we had to cast everybody. And then you have your, you know, rehearsals. And then it's like the shoot day. And I'm like, let's just do this already. because I And, and but then it, it takes on another life, right? Once you actually see it, it's exciting for a very short time. And then... I'm like, oh, no, we're going to have to watch this for the next year in yeah. how many film festivals over mm -hmm. and over and over again. And I'm already thinking of the next. That's me. It's like I write a story. I'm like, all film. right, I've written the story. And now I want to go on to the next story. But he's like, yeah, we still have to film this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> I think like for yeah. me, I'm able to kind of really disassociate myself from the the, it, you know, because I do a lot of the editing and 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 a lot of the post work. So I'm able to kind of like both hate it but then try to like get the most out of it you know like for example with our last show i i edited that and you know watching the same scene over and over and over again like most editors do like it's if it's not your film you don't care you're just looking to make the best thing of what you have yeah. and i'm kind of able to disassociate the fact that like i worked like for three hours trying to get this lighting right and uh I, i'm not cutting the shot i don't care but you, at some point you have to kind of disassociate yourself from from that and then just tell the best story with with what's in front of you um otherwise i think it, it would make my hatred of our films even greater <laughs> and i don't really like I'm, and, and i'm also able to kind of see the value in it and like yes yes i've seen this film a million times i'm sick of it and whatever but i'm also able to look at it and say like well this lighting setup or this the way that i move the camera here or whatever uh, I'm able to kind of see the improvement in that from what we did previously and then take that into the next mm. film that we make. And conversely, I'm able to say, this is absolute trash. I'm never going to do this again. Next time I have a scenario <laughs> like, you know, and it's just growing from that experience. And 
Um, I think it's been so beneficial for me to sit and edit our films because it's I can really like nitpick myself my own work and kind of uh, I think that helps me improve faster and more efficiently. Hmm. There's no question that like when you're making something like a short or whether it's a short or a feature or a TV show, you are so immersed in it that you lose perspective. There are times mm. where you completely lose perspective mm. and you're like, what, like, why are we doing this? Like this yeah. is, and we, we, we do the thing of as comedy writers, like if you say something often enough, it, if you say the joke often enough, you, it doesn't, it's not funny anymore. Like right. you, 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 you might come up with a killer line and you'll make each other laugh hysterically in the room. But then once you've heard that line, 20 30 times you're like oh do we like is that is that good enough to be in it <laughs> right and right you have to remind yourself like why you know why you liked it in the first place like why yeah. and that's i think that's a that's a big thing for us and there are certainly a couple of lines in this film that that happened with um the 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 line and, and i think another sort of testimony to the edit is the way that an edit can bring jokes to life in new new ways the, and I think we still laugh most at the cut when he, when he talks about being fired from the rat abattoir. It's like that was a joke <laughs> that we loved writing, but then got sick of it. But then right. actually, when we saw it cut together, it's you know it's one of my favorite lines in the yeah. film, and it still it still makes me makes me smile. When you yeah. hear an audience respond to it, sometimes like that I, that's happened to us. We we made a whole short around a joke that I heard. I wrote this the script around that one joke. It was like a you know. Uh, and by the end of it, I was like, that's the stupidest joke I've ever heard. And it was, I got it from a dad, a dad's joke book and then wrote the story around it. And I was like, why would, why did we do this? I'm so sick of hearing this joke. It's not even really that funny. And then you watch it in a film festival and you hear somebody like gasp and laugh and you're like, all right, I, yeah, all right. That it was funny. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm over it, <laughs> but, yeah. but it was funny yeah. at the time. I am going to yeah. have to hear that joke. Oh, uh, this, this was another point of time of me being way too pretentious in the States where I titled the film The Gaffer, but it was the British term of gaffer, not the American term of gaffer. And nobody got that. Uh, so they were What's like, the why American is this? Term of gaffer? Uh, like on set, like an onset gaffer. Yeah, what's the, but what does it mean? Uh, but you mean well, is it different in America to yeah, we, in the UK? Well, but in, in the UK, the UK, it can also mean like the boss. Yes. It? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So oh, right. yeah, I, we people were taking it as an onset gaffer. Like that's she did a British like, accent right. in that. I'm just saying. Shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, the joke was, um, oh my god, what was the joke? It was like why, why do, um, <laughs> oh why 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 do uh, why do walruses? Yeah. Why do walruses love Tupperware? Because they have a tight seal. Was that it? Yeah, because they're always looking for. They're a tight always, seal. always looking for a tight seal or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a funny dad joke that when I heard it, I told him uh, I completely screwed up the joke because it's oh my god, it's been like five years I think since I've told that joke. And so, um, yeah, why do walruses love Tupperware? Because they're always looking for a tight seal. And I, I pissed myself telling him that joke. I was like, that's the funniest stupid dad joke ever. And then he laughed about it. And so I was like, oh, let me write something around that. And then I did not find that joke funny anymore because I was so tired of it. And, you know, but then like you hear it in an audience in a theater room or whatever. You're Mm -hmm. like, all right, I got it. (laughs) 
Okay. There, but there's, you know, there's a reason why they put laugh tracks on comedies because yes. it's contagious. You know, you, you do feel mm-hmm. like when other people are laughing, you find things more funny. I think we find it we find it particularly fascinating watching the film with other people and seeing how people react to it in different mm. ways. Because you have like there are certain lines uh, at one festival you might get a massive laugh and then other, yeah. the, the same line at a different right. festival it's like nothing. Isn't and that like, weird? Mm. How is this? How is this happening? Yes. Yeah. How is it's the this... same reason you can win an award at one festival and not get accepted into another one? So it's like it's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's all. It's all it's all subjective, and so yeah. Well, a, a lot of reasons for that here is that they're oh, yeah. rigged, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it's that it's a it's rigged. a business, and a lot of their friends win the awards, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, that's yeah, a whole other podcast. That's a yeah. whole other. We yeah. we're very transparent. Um, I probably against our our better judgment in just that we started the podcast because of where we live. There's just like a massive amount of like. Uh, well, there's a massive amount of pretension in, in, in film general and, and in the business. But, you know, it's like you get a lot of people that come up this way and it's like, oh, it's all about we're all about independent films and this and that. And then it just becomes the same thing. It becomes like a celebrity party at whatever film festivals up here. And suddenly and, and you, there's never support for actual independent filmmaker, filmmakers. It's for whatever shoot has a celebrity in it. And so mm-hmm. um, uh, against our best interests, interest, we're always transparent with stuff when. Uh, someone mentions a specific film festival and we're like, no, we hate them. They're <laughs> they're assholes <laughs> because, you know, they say they're about independent film. And they're not. They're just about, you know, chasing clout. And, you know, uh, we should probably play along more and go, yes, we yeah. love them. But we don't do that. I totally get that. And there's no question that I think with some of the films that we've made, that they've got into festivals because of who's in them. Like, we, you know, we did, we've made two films with martin freeman and you know that people mm-hmm. see his name and it's like you know they're, they're happy to include it because he's in it and mm-hmm. that's it's it's not fair and it's and it's a shame that stuff has to work that way but you know until you run your own festival you can't make the decisions yeah yeah we actually did attempt to do that once and we were so stupid about it that we didn't even charge people for submissions so yeah. we just watched tons of films <laughs> yeah. and then uh we were like we like your film and they're really gonna have to pay you i was like nope <laughs> like yeah. we're just gonna throw that in there it's a lot of work don't get me wrong it certainly is but here the, the issues become that we've seen the progression of it going from like there always has to be an aspect of business because it costs money to run a festival so we get that yeah, of course, but we yeah. saw the progression weigh heavily on a business and then the art was mm. just like way over here and then it just became about like what guest speakers can we get here and uh, you know and it was yeah. like all and right not but... every fe- there, there are festivals that we do like and that we do go yeah to. and it's usually the ones that sure, don't do that to, to your point earlier <laughs> yeah. i'm sure that there's festivals that we could submit to that will take whatever crap we give them because we've we've been selected by them we we kind of know them a little bit and so yeah. i'm sure there is a bit of that in their selection process because they know that we'll come and you know yeah. and whatever so uh, there's going to be bias in everything people do, but uh, but this your film did quite well at festivals. Um, well, that's another thing. It's like it's expensive. Yes. It's yeah, expensive oh to submit it's... to festivals, and you know, like I didn't touch any of that. That was t- Tim was just very sort of dogged in applying for festivals, and I think a, pro- a producer from a few years ago. I remember him saying, "It's like." 
if if you're get if you're applying to ten and getting in one, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But if you're spending like thirty, forty dollars every time you submit to a festival, <laughs> gets expensive. Yeah. And the problem um, is, it's hard not to be lured by the bigger festivals. That's it's yeah. Like that's you, the other you, thing. You think about like like we submitted to South by Southwest and didn't get in, and you know I totally get why. But you can't help. You see it, and it's like, but oh, but if we did, mm. this would be. Yeah. And amazing. then you see what they did make, and you're like, our film's better than this. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole rabbit hole. But yeah, we, you know, we're we've always been kind of like, I don't think we've ever submitted to Sundance or South by or any of that stuff. We've tried to like keep it local and and keep it to not smaller fests, well, well, but I know not we won't get into ones. that. So I'm not. And so yeah. our success rate because of that is is a lot higher. But it could be a lot lower if we just submitted to all the big ones, you know. And thirty or fifty dollars is like low here. Yeah. I mean, some of them are seventy five, ninety dollars to right. submit a film, and I'm like, that's insane. That's absolutely yeah. insane. So then you have to weed out, like, all right, we're not going higher than. Maybe if it's a really like when we really hope to get into, we'll go fifty if it's on the deadline. But um, that adds up. I mean, you could easily easily spend over a thousand dollars just just submitting and then can you actually make it then there's that expense like how far do we actually want to submit this because now we've got to travel and are we going to travel yeah yeah we didn't travel outside of the uk for, Mm -hmm. for this film um and partly for that reason it's just it's it's too expensive you did and you did i think we were quite i don't want to again i don't want to say lucky but we we got into a lot of the festivals that we wanted to get into mm-hmm. and we went to the ones that we we could certainly in the uk but yeah it's just it's mad it's like we can't we can't afford to it played at um what's the festival in the, in australia called joe flicker fest uh flicker fest which is obviously quite a well-known short mm. film festival but you, I, know, you couldn't remember it oh my god do you want me i can ad i can adr it for if you want yeah, me. Yeah. Just, that's a shame um, because i immediately was like that's a great instagram clip right there <laughs> um no you mustn't cut it out yeah, no, of course not. Um, you mustn't put that on Instagram. Guys, was there anything at the festival that you did go to with your film that you experienced something you didn't expect, like a laugh at a part you didn't expect or n- no laughs at a part that you expected to have laughs or anything like that? Um, I mean, there must have been festivals where people did, because I just fundamental, fundamentally don't get people not laughing at the rap abattoir (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sure there were festivals where people didn't and you sit there like come on this is our this is our funniest line (laughs) like give us give us something what sedative Um, is this audience on i'm not i'm not with this at all yeah uh i can't think of i'm trying to think of like what was the weirdest did we have any weird reactions did we have any like kind of flat no one laughing no, I don't think so. I, th- I well, I think there was. I think the Glas- Glasgow. There wasn't huge. There wasn't a huge amount of laughing, but I think people were just enjoying the film. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like 
yeah, it wasn't big laughs. That's what we tell ourselves. Yeah. That's what we tell ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We just say, into the story. We just say one. that the Scots are not into ha ha funny. That's all. But, you yeah. know. Just... <laughs> but they are though. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what we're gonna say. Me. That's what we're saying to ourselves right now. That's just all we say to ourselves. Yeah. And do you are you guys um, as do you guys have a a a, a desire to to go outside of comedy and and kind of you know for future projects? I know this one is probably your looking at maybe a series but do you have any kind of aspirations where you're like does everything have to be funny <laughs> i think i don't think i don't think i could ever do drama personally oh right? really okay because yeah because it, it's um we we talk to each other in jokes mm-hmm. tim and i talk like we we deal with everything in yes, jokes yes which is healthy in some ways but not healthy in <laughs> yeah. other ways like we're all we're always just uh it takes to have a serious moment it take it's almost like you have to penetrate the jokes <laughs> yeah yeah and be like right can we just stop the jokes for a moment because yeah. I want or just to talk get them all depression. out like just get yeah. all your jokes out now <laughs> yeah. so that we can have a yeah, serious exactly, conversation yeah. yeah uh so and i struggle with earnest i really do gen- mm. genuinely struggle mm. with like we, I think we tried to write drama once and there was just a lot of like kicking doors open and answering phones really quickly. And it just felt like, <laughs> yeah, just not, we, oh I, I can't do it. Maybe, maybe one day, but it just, felt, it just feels really um, against our nature. Did you oh, ever make that dramedy? Or Sorry? the dra- did you ever, was it a dramedy or a drama? It was a straight drama. Uh, it was a, it was a zombie film, but from the perspective of zombie of the zombies. Um, see, I would want to see that. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's that, it, that's the thing. Everything like I can't. Talk, it, it sounds like a comedy. You know, you yeah. can imagine like Will Ferrell playing the um, the zombie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It never gets very far. Is basically the answer. Mm. Whenever we try to do, whenever we try and do mm. something serious, it's always like, yeah, but wouldn't it be really funny if? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is, is that writing is so, like, as you know, is stressful enough at the best of times. So being able to try and make each other laugh is like the one saving grace of right. writing comedy. It's like you get to have moments where you find something genuinely funny, and that's like that can kind of break a break a funk that you're in right and it's it, it can lead to a way out of something yeah so I think, and also yeah. like you get a, you have a tangible reaction with comedy right you know writing drama it's like you can't be like yeah this is this is just this is just really good drama this yeah. is really great great <laughs> just this see is how really sad great the audience was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so it's i think the neediness in us needs the laughs we, we need the tangible feedback mm-hmm. yeah Right, because it's a one-to-one thing, right? You write a joke, you get a laugh, and it's yeah. successful. It's immediate, Whereas immediate gratification. you're writing a drama, it's like people take in that differently, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we but uh, that movie Prisoners, uh, it's like one of my favorite thrillers. And Prisoners is a great film. Yeah, it, yeah. I think it's one of the one of the greatest films. It's it's an amazing film, and we saw that in the theater, and I loved that soap that the, the the ending that it was kind of open. I mean, I think we could all assume he heard the whistle. Right, but mm, the yeah. audience booed. Alert. They booed <laughs> yeah. because they were like, "Ah, oh, we didn't get to see it." It's like, my God, you know, like how this is such an amazing film. And I, I was, I was, 
so sad, you know, that that people were booing that because they didn't get like, I need this. I need that closure immediately. And it has to be it it has to be it's like that definite answer. And because they didn't get that, it upset them. And I was like, oh, my God, if I had written this script, I would be so proud of myself. And then these assholes would have started booing and I would have quit writing right there. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I haven't seen that film. And oh it, shit! I want to the other guys. It, you watch it immediately prisoners. sounds like ending with he didn't hear the whistle. Immediately sounds like a comedy to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just how my brain works. Like I can't, I can't find the drama in he didn't get to hear the whistle or he definitely heard the whistle. It just again, it's, I'm imagining Will Ferrell with a you know, it's a, no, a football coach. It's or very much darker than that. Much darker. Yeah. Than that. <laughs> Well, you should um, let them think it's a comedy. Yeah, it's a, you should go watch it. It's a comedy. You'll love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank, so uh, before we, we wrap up, is there, uh, do you have a timeline for the series for this? Or are you in the beginning process of that now? Are you writing that now? Or um, Good question. We have, <laughs> a, we, have, we have a treatment that we've sent out to um, production companies okay. in the UK. Um, it is currently with them, which is a really horrible feeling because, you know, it's like, we don't know, we we don't know what's happening with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I the, the, the treatment is written and hopefully we'll get a bit of feedback on, on that from various places and then hopefully start writing the script at some point. I think we, like, we don't... It's knowing how to navigate the next steps, and that's been a learning curve for us over the years. It's like what our our our, our goal is to make long form comedy, whether mm. it's you know a TV show or a film. Um, but knowing how to get to the next step, it's that thing of like, well, we've made the short now, so give us the give us the series, give us right. the film, yeah, yeah, right. But you know, it doesn't work like that, and it's. You know, you put you put a lot of effort and energy into making a short film, and then the idea that you then have to go away and then write, you know, thirty pages or mm-hmm. ninety pages of it again to turn it into something bigger is is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I think we're slowly, you know, we've come to terms with that now, and we've had some really great discussions about where this where this could go. But that is that's that's all it is at this stage. It's just discussions and. Um, we still have to hope that that someone bites. Okay. Well, we'll check back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. We'll see yeah. where you are along the timeline. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. How about you guys? What are you working on at the moment? We're in post, actually. Yeah. Uh, for okay. our our last film, and, uh... Uh, I'm sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> so sick of it. Yeah. Um, but we just uh, we just finished that up and. Uh, we're just waiting for. Um, we actually. This is the first film that we we actually have um, post sound and post color. So right. um, usually he does it because usually it's I do that sort of stuff. But then with this film, you know, we we rented some some cook lenses for it. So you know, I wanted to kind of really uh, bring out that the pictures as best as possible. And so I mm-hmm. reached out to uh, some colorists online. It, I kind of, I think it kind of speaks to you know, attaching talent to it. Where it's like, I reach out to a colorist who has done some amazing films like The Green Knight and like all these other crazy films, and I reached out and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." 
And they're just like, <laughs> we're oh, like, what? You know? And so like, uh, it was, it was, uh, in fact, when he told me, he said and, he'd do it. I said, did he like, see the film? Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's why he saw. I was like, yeah. oh, but it speaks to what you were saying earlier about how these people respond to something that they think is good. Right. And like, we look at the yeah. film and we hate it, but someone can <laughs> look at the film and, and realize maybe, maybe they don't love it, but they can realize like, well, these people are serious about what they do. This yeah. isn't just some, somebody trying to get me to color the film so they can, uh, you know, make it look better than it should or whatever. It's like these these people take what they do seriously. And then I think that lets the people know that, all right, I'm working on something that people care about. And I think that speaks a lot to be it crew or cast, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I, I know also like. The... I was going to I, yeah. I was just going to say, I do think that's true. I think if you've got someone who uh, M- Martin Trenerman, who plays the. um older version of Daniel and you from the future he said before that uh, before we shot it that he gets sent a lot of short scripts and is asked to do a lot of shorts and he tends to say no and so it's quite mm. flattering flattering and heartening to hear that he said yes to us because he felt like it was it was good enough to to do it yeah. and so I think like you were saying about your colorist you kind of have to take heart from that because he's clearly seen something in it that he's willing to put his name to and if he's if he's got a reputation he's not going to put his name on the line for something that he doesn't he doesn't like or doesn't want to do yeah and instinctually i want to be like so you don't i should should i not say you did this or whatever (laughs) we don't have to put your name on it if you don't want to be embarrassed like no you got to put our logo on there you got to put my name like um but yeah i think i think that's it's it's a good point as much as you hate something you made it's and i think it's just like reaching out to people just do it like the worst you're going to get is either no response or a no yeah and mm-hmm. it's like then you're in the same place you were before you even asked so it's not you didn't yeah. lose anything yeah. you know and also it like you know it breathes new life into it for you mm-hmm. at bringing someone else in that especially with a grade you know a grade can like you can you, you become so accustomed to seeing the film you know ungraded mm-hmm. looking yeah. really sort of bland yeah. and washed out because it's sh- shot in log or whatever. And then the moment you have someone else come in and sh- do things that you wouldn't necessarily have done, you're like, oh, shit, I love this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's so true. Because and, and for me, especially because I'm not a colorist, um, but I, I can throw a lot on something if I need to. Um, but I, I know a little bit, but like just yet yeah, to, to your point to see like if there's a scene, I'm like, this scene just I can't. It looked great in camera for some reason. I'm just destroying this image. I can't get it to look good. And then the colorist has it for like a minute and it's like, oh, it's back to being beautiful again. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny, actually, when you mentioned before about the the potential dangers of having other filmmakers watch your film. Uh, we got that once from somebody who was like they watched and they were like, you know, I no complaints about the story or the performances. And, and they were like, uh, do you film this on photography lenses? <laughs> we're like yeah and they're like it will look better on cinema we're like duh <laughs> like, yeah. we couldn't afford cinema it would have looked nice on an ari but we have a black magic so that's what we filmed on yeah. <laughs> like you know so it's like yeah that's that what i was just like okay well thank you <laughs> nothing we could do about that we we sat through yeah. the budget of that and we we're like clearly the cinema would be great and we'd love this but we we were buying the lenses in that and that you know, situation, and it was like we can't afford yeah. the cinema lenses, so we do yeah. the best with what we got. That that's the unhelpful feedback that we talked about. Earlier. Yes, that, <laughs> yeah. that feedback is helping nobody. Yeah, yeah, mm. 
Yeah. yeah. Clearly, this would look better in Cinema Lenses. I agree. You got us. You got us. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, yeah. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. We uh, we hope to have you back on and, uh, you know, see. Yeah, thanks for having us. You know. Yeah. We'll, have, your, we'll have links to all your stuff yeah, in the sure. uh, description and, and check them out. Yep. Check out the film because it's amazing. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks very much. That was Joe and Tim. Joe and Tim. Joe and Tim. You from the future. You from the future. Really fun short, you guys. Yeah. We found it on short of the week. Um, so should make a habit of just going on there, everybody. You yeah. Know? It's indie film. Go on there. We've uh, we've had tons of guests that I've just watched something on there and been like, all right, this will do. Yeah. I like it. Um, what's going on next week? We have we did watch lots of things and we you, you did make me go watch The Flash. Did. So I guess we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have links to to everything, and, and you can check their, their work out. Yep. Um, if there's anything you think we should watch, let us know. Shout outs. Shout outs to MoGraph. To MoGraph. Yep. And we will talk to you next week. We will. Bye. Bye-bye. We love you.